Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Is it a great morning this morning? Yes, indeed. It is a great morning. Every morning is great, isn't it? Because it's a day that the Lord has made. And he said, rejoice and be glad in it. So I thank God for the opportunity to be in his house today on Sunday. Yes, indeed. Today, we want to give part two of the message I started last week. And uh, we said that we're going to go deeper into what God means uh, because I gave last, last month, I gave um, some things that were very important that God was saying for us in 2022. And so uh, after that, I started last week going a little deeper into some of the things that he said. And so just to review, uh, last week we were in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God. And we uh, went into depth on that. And it's very important for us to keep that in mind that um, as you go through situations and things, uh, as you uh, sometimes uh, want to have resolutions and you want to get better in things, uh, know that we are actually new creatures when we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We are new. We are not the same person that we are. Uh, was born, uh, and because uh, we know that we are born again and born from above, so therefore we know that we have a opportunity, a great opportunity uh, now to overcome all those things we couldn't overcome before. And that, that really uh, made an impression on me as I was... Um, uh, getting the messages from God is that, that Willie, you do not have to uh, fall for the same stuff that the devil is trying to uh, throw on you. You don't have to uh, succumb to the same uh, faults that you uh, used to have. You are new. You can overcome because I've overcome. You can overcome, he said. And so I said, okay, God. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to meditate on that and I'm going to try to walk that out um, because I have areas and all of us do that we want to improve on. That's why we have New Year's resolutions. A lot of times we we want to make New Year's resolutions. Um, But God said, you don't you don't have to have a New Year resolution. Don't wait for that. Uh, Just just uh, it's, it's a new day every day, every day. And so I said, "Okay, God. I'm going to walk this thing out this year. I'm going to walk it out uh, by your grace, of course, by your grace. So today we want to go to another uh, one that I gave, uh, which is uh, really it's like a, a foundation, which what we're trying to do is build on what God is saying. And 
and if, if we're not new creatures, then, of course, it's not going to matter anything else because, because you're still the same old, same old, and, and you, you, you can't do it. And so we can't, we, we, we now saying that, okay, God, I'm a new creature now, so now what do I do with this foundation? Well, he wants to build on that foundation. That's what he wants to do, build on it. And some of our foundations uh, we've had for a long time, sometimes we have cracks in our foundation, you know. And, and so you can tell it in, in the house because sometimes you have a crack in the wall. Uh, sometimes you have a, a crack in the, in, in, in the cement out there, and you say, oh, my goodness, you know. Uh, but it's a foundation, and sometimes we have to shoe up that thing, that foundation. And so regardless of where we are today, if you don't even have a foundation, you can give your life to Jesus Christ today. And if you do have a foundation in that you are born again, now let's build on this foundation. Let's shoe up this foundation. And so the second thing uh, we're going through today is that uh, let's turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And, and of course, you know we gave you that last month, uh, but I'm, I'm, saying I'm going deeper in this thing. So let's look at there. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, so he's talking to the church, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And this uh, version says your spiritual service of worship. Let's break this into, uh, this is the only scripture we're going to dwell on. We're going to break it into three parts. The first part is, therefore, Therefore, I urge you, brother, by the mercies of God. That's one. Then we're going to go to a second part of that verse, to present your body as a living sacrifice, a living and holy sacrifice. Then we're going to the last part of that verse. So let's, let's uh, dwell on that first part there. Therefore, I urge you, brother. When I, when I taught it last month, I didn't go into great detail uh, but it, it says here, by the mercies of God. But see, I didn't go into detail in that. And what I want you to know is that God has something in it for us. If he says, therefore, you know that means we're going to go back to where this started. And so in, in chapter uh, one of Romans, of course, and it builds on up. And I'm going to start in, in, in uh, Romans 11. That's where I'm going to start. Romans 11. So let's go there. Romans 11. Uh, because if we don't know this, if you can't really love someone that you really don't know who loves you. It is very, very, very hard. To love somebody who doesn't love you, you know. And I know, I, I know you're in church. I know you're spiritual, and you say, "Oh no, I can love people who don't love me." Oh yes, indeed, I can love them just like Jesus loved me. I can love them. Well, that's how we're supposed to be, you know. But that's not really how it is uh, in reality because we do have a flesh, and so God wants us to override that flesh, of course. And so He says that. Um, yes, I want you to love others as I have loved you. Uh, but he gives us, how does he do it? 
How does he really do it? He says that, through the scripture, we love him because he first loved us. He didn't say, I want you to love me and then I will love you if you love me. No, he didn't, he didn't do that. He showed us how much he loved us. And because he showed his uh, great love that, as Stella said, he lavished on us, then we love him. And so he's telling us, what I want you to do, I want you to realize how much I love you. Now, we know the scripture that says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed him should not perish but have everlasting life. But that's not where we're going. But this is deeper than that. Yes, you know that. But we still don't love God the way he wants us to love him. So how can I really grasp this thing, God? How can I really grasp this thing? So in verse 1, uh, I, I, I hadn't, no, when I, when I was sharing it with Minerva uh, last month, uh, she said, oh, my goodness gracious, I didn't know that. Um, people need to know that. I said, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that sometime, you know. I say then, God has not rejected his people. Has he? Now, who is his people? That he's talking about in Romans. Okay, it's talking about Israel. Okay? The Jewish nation. Okay? It says, may it never be. In other words, God hasn't rejected Israel. He hasn't rejected the Jews. He hasn't. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know that the scripture says in the passage about Isaiah, it says, Elijah, uh, it says, now he pleads with God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have torn down your altars. And I alone am left. And they are seeking to, to, to kill me. He's, they are seeking my life. But what was God's answer? The divine response to him. It says, I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to bear. Now I wonder, I, I wonder why didn't he see that? The prophet, you know. Uh, you know, you, you think about that, and you say, well, and see, sometimes I think we're like that. We think we are the only ones who are pressing into God, the only ones who really are beating to God, love God, you know. After all, we did come to church when it says it was, you know, it, 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 it's going to snow a little bit, um, and no, no accumulation, no accumulation, uh, but, you know, um, and we know that, hey, you know, the weather people, they, they, 
they hit it and miss it. You know, they, they, they hit it and miss it. So it might snow. And so therefore, I'm going to stay home. You see? See, you see? So, so, so we, 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 we think that since we're here, hot dog, uh, we're the only ones, bro. You, you, we, we're with you. We're with you, you know? No. There are 7,000 men, he says. They're not only counting the women and children who have not bowed their knee to Baal. There are plenty of people in love with God. Just like you. Plenty of people. You just don't know about it, but God knows. It says, in the same way, then there has also uh, come to be that the present time, a remnant, according to God's grace, gracious choice, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Now, this whole ch- uh, uh, chapter here, chapter 11, is comparing the law versus grace. The law versus faith. And God is saying that the law is, 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 is good, but you can't keep it, so you're going to have to go by grace. And verse 7 says, what then? What Israel is seeking, it has not obtained. But those who, who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hot. So we do have... Uh, Messianic Jews, don't we? We have Messianic Jews. You see. But most of the Jewish nation, they, they're not Messianic Jews. They don't still believe that Jesus has come yet. It says, just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to seek not, eyes uh, to see not, and ears to hear not, down to this very day. Let's go to verse 11. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? No, 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 no. May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, God said to Abraham, he's going to make him a what? To Abram, he's going to make him a father of many what? Nations. Nations. Many nations. How is he going to do that? How is he going to do that if, in fact, the chosen people, the Jewish nation, then if he's given them a eyes to see not and ears to hear not, how are they going to be his people? How's there ever going to be, Abraham going to be a God, a, a father of many nations? How's he going to ever be that? And we uh, sometimes think that, uh, well, the Jews, they don't understand. Uh, they, 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 I understand, but they don't understand. If it weren't for God, we wouldn't understand. 
And I don't know why there are people who are running around. Um, they, 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 I, I was looking at, at news there, and they said, like in New York, there, there are Jews there. And uh, uh, somebody, they, they're, they're, they're trying to hurt the Jews. They want to uh, beat them up if they see them and all that kind of stuff. I said, don't they know that uh, when Jesus Christ came, he came not as a Gentile, but he came as a, as a Jew. So how are you going to hate the Jews? The only way that we have, we have life in Christ is because of the Jewish nation that God says that, hey, I'm going to bring in all these nations, but in order to do that, this is what I'm going to do. And he didn't tell them that all we have to do is read the scripture, and we start seeing some things here. And it says that uh, we're supposed to make them jealous because, see, uh, they are the chosen people. But, see, we said, no, oh, we're chosen. Oh, we're chosen. And we are, aren't we? We're chosen. We are chosen because the scripture says, uh, if you be Christ's, you are what? Abraham's seed, heir to the promise. So we are, we've chosen too, see? Let's look at 17. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive, so some of the branches broken off was, okay, the the Jews, okay, and it says that, and you being a wild olive, it's talking about the Gentiles, talking about us, were grafted in among them and became partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards the, the branches. You see, so don't be arrogant towards the Jews. You need to pray for the Jews. You need to pray for our, our, our president in the United States government, the Congress, the Senate, the House of Delegates, and, and, and need to pray that we are be strong allies to the Jews, to Israel. Strong allies. We don't need to be, uh, uh, you know, like some people, and, and we don't need to be like that. Because, after all, he did say, Abraham, this is what I'm going to do. He was talking to Abram at the time. He hadn't changed his name yet. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to bless you. And everybody that bless you, I'm going to bless. Everybody that curse you, I'm going to curse. Now, wouldn't it be kind of Ignorant for us to curse the Jews. If you know the scripture, you know, and, and, and if, if we live in a nation that's, oh, you, we need to find out before we vote for somebody into the presidency that how, how are they going to respond to Jews, to Israel? Are we going to be, are we going to be protectors? Are we going to be protect, give money to people who are going to actually uh, attack the Jews? 
Because if we don't be uh, allies to Israel, if, you, if we're not going to bless them, all we're doing is saying, look, you know, uh, like, like um, or saying, you know, the Olympics and all that kind of stuff might be on, and then the summer Olympics might come on and say, I'm going to run this race, but I'm going to cut my feet off. You say, what? How, what race are you going to run on your hand? If you don't have feet, that's your foundation. So we can't say that America, United States, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed. But we're going to help others that's going to curse Israel, that's going to destroy Israel. You're going to cut off your feet, boy. You can't do that. And so as I was reading this, I said, God, I wonder, do, do, do people know this here? Did I wonder... The people, you know, when they get in the office, they go to church, you know, usually, uh, you know, before they take office, they'll go to church. I wonder, do they know this? I wonder, do we know that? Are we praying for Israel? Because if we pray for Israel, we're praying for ourselves. Yeah? We're supporting. Well, God is supporting. Yes, sir. It says... Let's go to verse 20. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. Yes, the Jews were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. So he's telling us, you know, just because Gentiles, you were drafted in, uh, because, see, Paul, he's an apostle to the Gentiles. He's talking to the Gentiles. He says, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be conceited because it's only because of God's love for the whole world that he's working out his plan. And so don't think you're something when you're nothing. You see? He says for, in verse 21, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he would not spare you either. So we can't be arrogant and think we're something, you see. Listen to verse 22. Says, Behold, then, the kindness and the severity of God to those who fail severity. But to you, God's kindness if you continue to, um, if you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And we don't want that. It says that in verse 23, and they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. And so uh, it was going to be saved. It says in verse 24, for if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted uh, contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will those who are of the natural branches, their natural branches, be going to be grafted in in their own in, in the olive tree? 
So they're going to be drafted back in. It says, for I do not want you to be um, uninformed of this mystery so that uh, you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. So I don't know when that fullness is going to be. But we can't be wasting time thinking it's a long ways off. You see? And so all Israel will be saved, just as it is written. And it goes on, David said these things. And it says, verse 28, from the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the Father. So he, he's going back to Abraham. And thing. For the gifts and the callings of God are re- irrevocable. So you, you think, say, well, there is, my goodness gracious, if God called them, he's going he's gonna to keep them. But that gives me hope. It gives you hope. If you are a Christian, if God has called you, he's going to keep you. He's going he's gonna to carry out his promise to you because we made a covenant with him. We gave our life to Jesus Christ. That's what we did. When you're born again, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And he's our God. We're his people. So we're going to be protected as long as we're doing what God says to do. It says in verse 31, So these also now have been disobedient that because of, their, of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown mercy. For God has shut up all in disobedience so that he may show mercy to all. Now that's, that to me, we could never think about that. We could never bring about what God brought about in this situation, how he's doing and those things like that. But we can, we can start reading and so, say, wait a minute. I'm here. I'm in Christ because he chose to do that with me. Because after all, God knew us before the foundation of the word, didn't he? So, so, so we, we say, well, God chose us and he chose us uh, to be in his love. He chose us uh, to, to serve him. I couldn't have accepted Jesus Christ if he had not, if, if he had not opened my eyes to see him. He had to give me some saving faith. I didn't have faith. I had to receive faith from him. Everything we have is from him. We cannot you know, uh, judge people. We cannot uh, be critical of people because they are not yet saved. Because at one time, we were not saved. Some of you might have children that are not yet saved. Some of you might have parents that might not 
yet be saved. You know, we have, we have just all co-workers and everybody, they are not yet saved. And so God says that, you know, I don't want you to be arrogant in thinking you of something, but I want you to realize that because of my great love, what I'm doing is working it out so every single person, anywhere, every single person as well, is going to have an opportunity to come into salvation. Everybody. But know that everybody is going to be shut up in, just what it says, they're going to be shut up in really just disobedience. You tell me somebody, Jew or Gentile, that was born to be obedient. They came out of the womb obedient. I mean, just obedient, you know. And, and I, I can ask, you know, people who got little children, um, is 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 Scarlet obedient? You know, you think you say you say, yeah, she came out obedient when she came out. She was obedient, you know. And nobody came out obedient. Nobody came out obedient. You know, nobody came out obedient. I know what what what, what um and the first word most most kids learn is no. You know, usually the first word they learn is no, because that's what they hear all the time. You know, they hear no, 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 no. And then you tell, okay, I want you to do this right here. They say, no, you know, no, you know. Wait a minute, you don't tell me no, I tell you no, no, no. You know, nobody comes out of the womb obedient. You see? And so God says, that's what he says, I have shut up all. That's A-L-L. All in disobedience, so that he may show mercy to all. God wants to show mercy to all. That's what he wants to do, you know. And I said, well, my goodness gracious, God. You know, this is, this is awesome here. And he says, um, for who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor? This is verse, verse 34. And so it 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 uh it ends up in verse thirty six it says for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That's what he said. Then that's the scripture, see that I said in Romans 12, if we look, uh, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brother, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice. Because I was asking God, well, what's going to make me? What's going to propel me to really love you like you want to be loved? What's going to do that? And the therefore, when you go back there, you say, well, wait a minute. I should offer my body. Let's, let's, let's go to verse uh, number two right here, number two, because we did with number one. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Okay, we just did that. Now, number two, to present your body as a living, holy sacrifice. So why should I deny myself? Why, you know, pleasures and, and, and everything that I see 
because all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride, pride of life. Why should I deny myself all these things to, to um, you said, offer my body a living sacrifice? I don't want to offer my body a living sacrifice all the time. I don't want to live holy all the time. This flesh don't want to do that, you see. But, but now, how can we actually walk this out, though? Because that's what he said. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and something inside. Well, when I know how much he loved me, when I know that I was not a chosen person, even if I were a Jew, which I'm not, if I were a Jew, I still would have to do the same thing, come by way of Jesus Christ. Nobody going to get saved without coming away Jesus, through Jesus Christ. So, so what can I do to show God my uh, thankfulness for this love that he lavished on us, let's say. What are we going to do to do that? How are we going to do that? And I said, well, God, if I meditate on this in chapter 11 of Romans, I can start thinking a little bit more like you're thinking. Because I was trying to figure out, as I was growing up, who did I love the most in my life? And usually it's who you love the most, you will obey the most. Who you love the most. The most, usually you'll do anything for. Yeah. And, and just think about, about now when, say, how teenagers are, uh, because I coached them and taught them. When they fall in love, they call it love. It might be infatuation. It might be a lot of different things, but um, it's not the biblical kind of love. But when they fall in love, they'll do anything for each other. Anything. Why? Because they're in love. They're in love. And as I was growing up, and, and you know that'd be a fact in, in, in a lot of people's life. You don't you don't want to fight over anything because you get put out of school. But you talk about my mama. And then we're gonna have problems, you know. What I'm we, we, that's going to be that's going to be where the line is drawn because I love my mother anything my mother told me to do I tried to do it and quickly because I know that she loves me and, and you know you think about it now as you grew up everybody grew up you couldn't even change your diaper. Is that right? You know, nobody could change their own diaper. Nobody. You know, so so you said, who got up in the middle of the night, ten, two, four, sometime to feed you when you were born? Because a lot of times they're on schedule. You're gonna feed them ten, two, four, something like that. You got step all and still go to work. Next day, you know. When you were sick, who stayed up with you? 
Who held you? Who comforted you? Use your, your mother. Use your mother. That's why these big, strong, you know, athletes, you know, about six, five, uh, three, four to five, you know, they get them on camera. Hey, mom. You know, none of them say, hey, dad. You know, they don't say, hey, dad. Dad didn't wake up and say, no doubt, but dad didn't, he didn't do nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, he did do something, but, but you remember when you were sick, your mother is the one who comforts you. Your mother's the one who protected you. You see? I was trying to think of that. And then I was trying to think, oh, what, what else now? But there's some people now, uh, they are, like women a lot of times, they are daddy's girls, you know. Um, and I was a mama's boy. And, and my sister, she's a daddy's girl, you know. Uh, uh, she was telling my, my father dad, and she was saying, uh, well, Ray, you the, you the, you the, you the last things left of daddy. I said, well, what do you mean last things left? You the, you the. Um, but um, she was saying that, see, she loved, she loved my daddy. I'm telling you, she loved my daddy. Now, I, I know other women are like that. They just love their daddy. I mean, they just follow their daddy every which way. They, they love their daddy. Um, most of us, you know, we love our mother. And I was thinking, well, when I got married, See, marriage is another example of Christ in the church. And we're supposed to love each other as Christ loves the church. And so I was thinking how much I really appreciate Minerva uh, because um, through the years she has shown her love for me, just like, you know, your mates uh, have too. Um, I know that um, she was telling me that when when I was in the hospital and I lost that 50 pounds, she she said, and I, and I didn't know that. She said, "Hey, your doctor, your doctor gave up on you. He wanted to put you in a nursing home." I said, "What? I thought he loved me. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he he favored me. Right." But I wouldn't allow, allow them to do it. They, they tried to convince me to put you in a home because there's nothing else they could do and just put you in a home and, and forget about you. She said, but I wouldn't do that. Uh, I wouldn't do that. And sometimes we can think somebody cares more for us than they really do. And you find out when, you, when, when, things, when, when things come push and shove, uh, usually it's your family that that's going to care for you. It's your mate that's going to care for you. You know, uh, uh, so I was trying to think of these earthly examples because uh, it's not nothing I wouldn't do for Minerva, nothing. Because uh, I know she loves me. But now do I feel that way about Christ? Because, see, he's the one that, I mean, Minerva can't touch his love for me. Can't touch it. Okay. Nor can your parents touch it. You know, Christ, he's ever interceding on your behalf. Ever. He knows everything. He knows every hair on your head. 
and it changes daily. You know? And so, you know, he's saying here, I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice because I just showed you that if it weren't for, you know, me, you wouldn't even be Abraham's seed after the promise. I brought you in, and I have a covenant with them, the fathers, the fathers. I have a covenant with Abraham now, and so I'm going to keep my covenant because he's a covenant-keeping God. And so I, I brought you into this covenant. I brought you into it because I love you. I love you. And I said, man, this is really neat. I said, I said, I got to meditate on this thing because sometimes I don't want to offer my body a living sacrifice. Sometimes, you know, um, I know he deserves the praise. He deserves, you know, our, our worship. He deserves uh, for us to uh, uh, serve him. He deserves, he, he he wants us to give uh, to him in his work. He wants us to give to him. You know, in other words, we're supposed to say, all I have is yours. There's nothing off limits. My eyes are not off limits. Control my eyes, God. My mouth is not off limits. Control what I say, how I say it. Control my body language so I won't roll my eyes and, and you know, kind of throw my head back and kind of throw my arm up and hand all the kind. You know, control everything, God. I, I don't want to, to, to uh, hurt you because you love me. You love me so much you brought me into this covenant. I want to walk in love with you. So what does God require of us? What does he require of us then? When you, when you, when you really uh, think about it, what does he require of us? Because it says in the scripture, he wants us to offer acceptable worship that's acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service of worship. That's what he wants us to do. Oh, I can say, oh my goodness. Okay, if that's, if that's what he's saying, then how do I do that? How do I respond to the love that he's lavished on me? How does he want you to respond for the love that he's lavished on you? How does he want you to respond? See, because uh, I didn't say, how will you respond? I said, how does he want you to respond? Because sometimes our love language might not be what he, his, love, his love language is. And so we say, well, look, look at I will give you this right here to show you my love, my deep gratitude. He said, no, I don't want just that right there. I want everything, everything. So here's what God wants from us. He wants us to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. That's what he wants us to do. That's number one. Number two he wants us to love all others. All others as he has loved us. That's what he wants us, us to do. If we do those two things, love God and love all people like he has loved us, we will, we will be responding 
to him with great gratitude for what he has done for us. That's what we'll be doing. Because isn't that what he said in the word? You know, what's the greatest commandment? Those are it. What's our what's our vision, the vision of Cornerstone? Love God and love all people. That's what it is. Because we, we know that if we do that, we are obedient to God. And that's what I want to do is to show, show my appreciation. We can start by showing appreciation to God for the blessings he's, he's put in your life, whether it be your parents, whether it be your siblings, whether it be your relatives, whether it be uh, whoever. When God blesses you and gives you favor, then what you want to do is bless others also. You see, it, it is very important. And we sometimes don't show gratitude to people for what they've done for us. You know that? And that's not good because we have to practice showing gratitude because he is the one that we should be showing gratitude most to. And we start by doing that to, with people because he didn't say love God. And that's it. That's the greatest commandment. Don't even worry about nothing else. Do just love me. That's it. That's it. No, he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Well, what's your commandment? I want you to love others as I have loved you. That's what he said. So how we treat each other is going to be a telltale of how we treat God, how we respond to his, his love. And that's the uh, message for today. And I want you to um, meditate on that. Meditate on it. Because I want to change this year. And I want you to change. I want you to uh, respond to God's lavish love by loving him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love him. Love him. Love him. And the only way he's told me in the scripture is that you be obedient. If you love me, keep my commandments. So I want to be about learning what God wants from my eyes, my mouth, my body language, uh, everything. What do you want? Do you want worship, Lord? Do you want service, Lord? Do you want, you know, uh, gifts, Lord? Uh, uh, You want me to give to the Lord? What do you want for me, God? He tells us in his word. This is what I want you from you because that's who I am. So this year, let's walk that out. Let's walk it out. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.